0: Yeah, so if we read uh, Proverbs 3, and, I, and I'll read that. Uh, Proverbs three eleven and 12. And then um, if you wanted to read uh, Hebrews 12, uh, 4 to 11 or 12, Mike, if you if you want to do that. I'll just read Proverbs three eleven, And even here, w- what a beautiful correlation it goes into. So we, we see it in uh, Proverbs 3. 11, it says, my son, no, uh, they're, they're right there, my son. That right there speaks of relationship. Yeah. Those that are his, those specifically that are his. I mean, you don't go out and, 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 and natural family relationships, you don't go out and discipline someone else's child. You do, you, you take care of your own in, in the nat- in, in this natural sense, right? So that's why it says, my son, despise not the chastening." In other words, don't take it for granted. Don't take it lightly. In other words, don't interpret it any other way. Really, despise. Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary. Oh, God, isn't that huge? So you're making a statement at 56 years old. I'm making a statement at 68 years old. And here we are, his children. And even when it says in First John 2, uh, 12 to 14, in any local assembly, there are babes, young men, and spiritual dads. And guess what? They're all his children. And the discipline, the chase, the loving discipline does not stop until we see him face to face, in 1 Corinthians 13:12. So here's the key: Be not wary of his correction, because it's part of our growth. In 2 Peter 3.18, we grow in grace and knowledge. So when it says in 2 Peter 3.18, knowledge there, what's the knowledge? The knowledge is Ephesians 3.19, to know the love of God that passes knowledge. And, And so really, okay, so in verse 12, for whom the Lord loves, he what? He corrects. How do we interpret correction? How do we as a local assembly, even when the word is being preached and when we're given the word in counsel, how do we receive it? For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. So when God corrects us, how do we what are we thinking of him? If I understand his nature, character and essence, if I truly do, if I truly do, how much he has committed himself to us. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, that when he corrects me, it's love. It says it right there. It's right here. For whom the Lord loves, he what? He corrects. Even as a father, what? The son in whom he what? He delights. So correction, loving chastisement is based upon what? His delight in us. That's right. Oh, and that's a bad thing. So naturally speaking, and, and the reason that it, it is, is, is it goes into it. It goes into it in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews 12, 5 to 13. have forgotten the exaltation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receives. Your chastening God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastens now? But, but if but if ye be without chastisement whereof all are partakers, then ye then ye and are ye bastards and not sons? Furthermore, we have had we furthermore we have had fathers of the flesh which correct us, and we give them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure he for our profit that we may might be partakers of his holiness now no chastising for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous nevertheless afterwards it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby Wherefore, lift up thy hands, which hang down, and thy feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail, fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's look at this, what it's saying, okay? You have forgotten. Notice that? You've forgotten. Now, sometimes when we don't understand godly, loving chastisement, when we don't understand that, what's the first thing that we will do? In Revelations 2, 4, it says they forgot or they left their first love. In other words, they didn't leave Permanently and altogether, God's love for them, and in some form, their love for God. But in terms of chastisement, they left it. They left it. You have forgotten. Because when you forget God, what do you have? Natural interpretation. He's going to go into what natural interpretation here is in the scriptures. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as what? Children. Whose children? His. Okay. And God is in 1 John 4, 8 and 16, love. And can love fail in 1 Corinthians 13, 8? No, everything else outside of it does. The word fail there, again, we've said we've shared recently in the Greek, the word fail there is like it's it's like a flower that has its beauty. And we have some beautiful flowers here. And it keeps its beauty for, for a while. But after a while, begins, the beauty begins to fade and the blooms fall off and the plant dies. But well, what it's saying in 1 Corinthians 13, 8 is his love never, never fails, is it never loses its beauty, never fades in any other way, ever. That's what not fail means. His love never fades, never loses its beauty never falls off like the beautiful bloom of a flower. His love never fails. So you forget this love of God experientially because what are you forgetting? Well, we're not our own. We're not our own. First Corinthians six nineteen and 20. We are not our own. We have no right to the self-life. Furthermore, the self-life has no more rights because in Galatians 6.14, I have been crucified. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. That means every right in the natural has been crucified and done away with. So then here, then what? What do we forget? We forget that we are his child. We are not our own. Oh, God. You want to talk about privately interpreting in 2 Peter 1, 19 and 20, privately interpreting the word of God. And when it says the word of God, that's Christ. Privately interpreting him. How? Through the natural. Through what? Forgetting. We're We're not our own. Think about it. My time, my schedule, my finances, every single thing that I have is his. He owns me. Psalm 50, verse 10. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Back then, cattle spoke of wealth. Look in the uh, uh, first chapter of Job. It speaks of great wealth. Haggai, Haggai 2.8, says, he says, God says through the prophet, all the gold and silver is mine. Maybe in somebody else's pocket. Maybe, but it's, but it's not theirs. It's his. See, everything has been given to us in one sense, on loan. <laughs> it's not ours. And, we, and for, But for, most of all, we're not our own, we're his child. What safer, more secure, unchanging, immutable place, position and image can there be? My son. Do you see what it says there? Whose son? My son. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Don't faint when you are rebuked of him. The word faint is, as we've said, it's the same word in, in its root type in Luke 18.1. Men should always pray and what? Not faint. And "kakao" simply means to fall back on nothing, to give in to evil. <laughs> oh, God. To lose your grip. He never loses his grip on us but do we lose our grip on him experientially? When we do, we leave the freshness and beauty of that first love as as it's spoken about in Revelations 2 and verse 4. So faint not, don't turn coward, don't give up. Faint, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he what? He chastens whom the Lord what? Loves, he chastens. Okay, is love static or is it active? It's active. It's constantly active. And that means that he's actively, continually, in the beauty of truth, showing me who I am, my proper image, or lovingly, actively disciplining me, chasing me back into a position where my view is his, a perfect image and perfect beauty in Christ. And that's what it talks about here. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and it can even go a little further, by the way. Scourging is even more intense discipline. Scourges every son whom he what? He receives. That's right. So his love has received us. His love has bought us. We're not our own. And he doesn't leave it up to us to understand a thing without him, right? Now, if you endure chastening, and that word endure is the same thing we said, and be not weary, right? Be not weary. Again, we're going back to Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. Don't be weary. Be not weary. I'm sick of hearing. We said the other day, God, all I hear is obedience, (sighs) all I hear is dependence no seriously ah, all I hear is humility ah David well, excuse me there's God and then there's us who does he have to obey who should we obey uh, in any relationship I don't care what it is I don't care in any so-called worldly relationship, because really, you know, the world may take divine establish it and make it something that it's not. But the fact of the matter is, in every relationship, there's obedience. That's right. You can't get away from it. You cannot get away from it. But look, we're going to show you the difference of worldly obedience And loving obedience, which is our opportunity, our privilege, based upon who we are, his children in Christ. So if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? Hmm? Listen, look at, uh, we can say all we want, we can blame politics and everything. But I'm going to tell you, this is the truth of the matter. Okay? What's happened in our country, because it's gotten away from the word of God and gotten away from the things of God and gotten away from the Bible, and then if you don't get completely where you privately interpret it, parents no longer parent. They don't teach them the word of God in the home. They don't. You know what? It's left up to a Sunday school, which is not even in the Bible, by the way. Not that I'm against it, but I'm saying it's not even in the Bible because that should be at home. Read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Read it. We're to teach the children in the home. We teach them. And by the way, what teaches children in the home, it's not what the parents say. It's what their conduct is or their behavior that teaches them far more than anything they'd ever say. But that's, the, that's what's happened. Boy, oh boy, we need to be, I, I, we so need to return to God with our whole heart and value the word and value Christ and value God like we never have before in the shortness of the time and the freedom that we have in this country. But, in verse 8, but if you are without chastisement, whereof all are partakers? Did you hear that? If you are a partaker, in 2 Peter 1, 4, of the holiness that is ours in Christ, if you're going to do that, and you you do belong to him, you will be a partaker of some form of loving chastisement. There's no growth apart from it. There's no knowing him experientially apart from it. Just isn't. So, you, then are you partakers? Then are you bastard? Bastards, what's a bastard? A product of an illegitimate relationship. I'm having a relationship that's not proper to my relationship with God, and if it's not, I don't have a proper image. Thereby, I don't know myself after the way he knows me and the perfection of his love. If you are without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons? But are we sons? Yes. Yes, we are. We're in Christ. Read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 23. That's our position. We are in Christ. To be in Christ means that we will have loving chastisement. No question about it. Furthermore, we now here's worldly chastisement. Furthermore, we had fathers of our flesh, in other words, natural fathers that weren't functioning in spirituality, not functioning under the power of the Holy Spirit. Thereby, the Holy Spirit was not able to take the things of Christ and show them how they should function as spiritual dads, even natural spiritual dads. Furthermore, we had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. (laughs) <laughs> even if it wasn't even if it wasn't inward <laughs> it was outward enough <laughs> can only take so much right will we not rather be in subjection submission uh oh there's obedience again there's dependence uh, here we go there's submission here we go there's humility and obedience oh boy wow I don't know was there any experience of love without it In 1 John 5, 1 to 3? No. No. How do you know God loves you? Well, he's given us the way to know. Obey him. And then flows the love. Then you know. Because you don't know otherwise. You just, and I just, don't know. And we can live backslidden as Christians, and we will not experience that love, that does love us in our position. But it, and he doesn't change either, by the way. Furthermore, we had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, we gave them reverence. Will we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? You know how God views us first and foremost? Because we're in Christ, I'll tell you how he views us. He views us in First Thessalonians 5, 23 as spirit soul, and body. That's how he views us. He doesn't view us body, soul, and spirit. No, he views us as spirit, soul, and body. And the prayer that the Holy Spirit gave the apostle Paul was to pray, I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless, without spot, without blemish, unto the coming of the Lord. Is that on his side or our side? That's on our side, because he sees us perfect in his son. Song of Solomon 4, 7, you're all fair, my love. There's no spot in you. The, the sacrifice that was given to us, that Christ is as a type who made us his life, and I mean, gave us his life, I should say, not made us his life, but gave us his life. The sacrifice of the red heifer in, in Numbers 19, 1 and 2 is brought out clearly. You're to bring a red heifer. It has to have, so it's to be a male of the first year, no spot, no blemish, never having a yoke on it. That's our Savior in type. Never needed a yoke, never needed to be yoked up and restrained to be caused to be obedient. In John 8 29, He always pleased the Father. He always did those things that pleased the, the Father. And again, in Romans 15 and verse 3. So here we are, father of spirits, and live and experience life. For they, these natural fathers, not functioning under spirituality, they've truly, for a few days, thank God there's only a few, and God gets a hold of us and redeems the time, and buys back those wasted years, buys them back so we don't have to live in, the, in, in those thoughts that are no longer who we are and experience the falseness of those emotions and relive it all over again. We're not that. But this is what it says. For they chastened us for a few days. What's a few days to who we have and who we are in Christ for all eternity? Who chastened us for a few days after their own pleasure. <laughs> Were they doing it for our profit? Nope. They they used us. And we don't blame game, right? We don't play the blame game. God used even that to turn us to him. No question about it. But they used us as their sounding board for their frustration and anger towards us. It wasn't for our sake. It was for their sake to, to get out all that frustration and anger. Thank God that's what Christ took on him. And now he lovingly disciplines us with a love that has separated us from all those sins and everything else. And even that, even that is his loving conviction. Even that is. For they, for a few days, for their own pleasure. But he, cried, he, God, for our own profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Absolute purity of his love. Not another thing in the way. Not a single thing. Now, no chastening for the present. For this present life seems to be joyous. It might not seem to be, but I'll tell you afterwards, but nevertheless, but grievous, but nevertheless afterwards, what does it do? It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. And that simply means this, that we, he, when he chastens us, Okay, okay? The beauty about that is 2 Corinthians 7:10. Okay. There, there is a sorrow. Godly sorrow is without regret. That means we don't know us after even what we've been chasing for. See? there's a, there's a godly sorrow without regret, but worldly sorrow has what? A ton. A ton of regret. A ton. But we don't live in the past, do we? Our life is not in the past. My life isn't how my parents treated me when I grew up. And even now, they're not my life. Christ is my life. And a lot of times he has to chasten me even by that just to get me to a point where, listen, this is your occupation, me and my love for you, not this. Be careful who you give yourself over to, because who who we do that to becomes our authority. And it can only be false. So, verse 12: Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet. He's given us everything. Here's the paths. What is the path? Well, Proverbs 3:5, trust in the Lord. Even when you're being disciplined and chastened, trust his love for you, because that's what it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Result, lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him. That's what he's trying to get a hold of you. Acknowledge him. Who is he? Your loving father. Acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Then you won't be wise in your own eyes, but you'll you'll fear, you'll you'll reverence him and depart from evil. And it'll be It'll be like the navel to the the baby in the mother's womb, a, a supply continually, just resting in the mother's womb and continually receiving a supply, continually. And make straight paths for your feet. The path of the just in Proverbs 4.18 is as a light shining brighter and brighter, it says, until that day. What is that day? When I finally no longer look through a glass darkly in 1 Corinthians 13.12 by faith in the word of God, but now in eternity with him, it's face to face. Nothing ever again will disturb or distract that love that he has for us. But right now he's training us. With that love. So this is it. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. We get lame. Are we lame in opposition? No. Can we, based upon lies and, and bad behavior and evil allowed, be lame experientially? Without any question about it, yes, we can. And we will be. But thank God. But, but, separated from that, Let it be rather healed. That's going into behavior. And again, walk in the light in 1 John 1, 7, as he's in the light. That's what it says. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Again, that is teaching, not teaching conduct. It's teaching our character in Christ. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one another. What's the fellowship based upon? A loving father and son with the Holy Spirit proceeding from both. Having God for us in Romans eight thirty one, then does it even matter who's against us? God is for me when he chastises me. God is for me when he rebukes me. God is for me when he corrects me. God is for me when he has to chastise me. God is for me in this training school of suffering and discipline. He's for me. Because everything about this life has to do with eternity. And that's why time is of of the utmost importance and and an absolute privilege. But let it rather be healed. And then guess what you do? You're going to follow peace, nothing else. It'll all be peace because everything is settled. God has settled everything through Christ on his side. And he's resting in him. In Zephaniah 3.17, he rests in his love. Where do we rest? In Hebrews chapter 4, again, 1 through 10, all the way through, we rest in him. We rest in his love. We have joy. And even now, joy may be up and down, but we have settled peace because God has settled peace himself. And even that goes into, and again, as we close in Genesis 22, verse 8, God, having provided a lamb for himself, has provided for us. And in doing so, we have a loving father. And every son, every daughter that he receives, he chastens us. It's because of his love. Not against us, but for us. Amen? Amen. And amen. Okay. Does anyone have any questions or comments about that? I wasn't even going to speak on that. I was going to speak on something complete. I was going to speak on the... uh, on what it means to be constrained because even that goes into it too. Maybe I can a little bit. It's still only 20 off, right? Sure. Okay. Let let me go into uh what was posted and God had me post again I pray and I don't know what I need but he does and and so this is it. Even in the even in chastisement even in loving chastisement, this verse goes right with it. For the love of Christ constrains us." Notice that? For the love of Christ, in 2 Corinthians 5:14 constrains us. Who? Us? Who's us? All those that are his. Is is God able, who is love for all men, able to con- constrain all men? No, he can only constrain those that are in Christ. That's us. For the love of Christ constrains, constrains us because we thus judge, we thus discern that if one died for all, why did one die? Well, it's because all were dead and that he died for all, watch this, this is chastisement, loving chastisement here, all uh, they, and he died for all. In other words, all were dead spiritually. That's what this is saying, all dead spiritually. That they might, that they which live, now we live, those out of those that were dead spiritually, now made alive in Christ, those that live, should not from now on live unto themselves. Because to only do so would be this the old sin nature manifesting itself through the flesh. And we can see that in Romans the 8th chapter in verses 4 through 8. And the consequences. So oh God, the terrible consequences of the flesh in Matthew 15, 16 to 20. And, and again, we see that the fruits of the flesh in Galatians 5, 19 to 21 versus the fruit of the Holy Spirit in 5, 22 and 23. They should not live unto themselves, but separated unto him which died for them and rose again. I love this word. And God did minister to me this morning. I got to tell you, before I put that on, on that post, boy, he ministered to me. That word is sunoko, S-U-N-E-C-H-O. Now listen, it's made up of two prefixes, uh, one prefix, I should say. And this, it's made up of the word sun, S-U-N. This is a primary preposition. You know what primary means, right? Of all importance. Very important. Sun is a primary preposition denoting union. Union. Or it means with or together. Listen, what it speaks of here, what he constrains us with is a personal individual intimacy with the individual. That's, right. That's what it's speaking of. And even that reveals his intimate love for us. Chastisement, by the way. Right. It speaks of that. It, it also speaks of this. Association. Everything about us is, is associated with him. Not the old. Companionship. I don't know. You get a better friend? more reliable friend, loving father, loving savior, pure Holy Spirit, and also speaks of process. It's a process. Why? Because growth is a process in Second Peter 3 and verse 18. Know what else it says? It speaks of resemblance. What does that go into? Image. That's right. It goes into image. And it also, this word, S-U-N, soon, speaks of possession. We don't possess ourselves, he possesses us. He told me to write it down. I said, okay, I like it, I will. We don't possess ourselves, he possesses us. 1 Peter 1.5, we're kept by the power of God. Who's the power of God? 1 Corinthians 1.24, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. He possesses us and when he possesses us, experientially as he does in our position, we possess him. That's 1 John 4 19. We love. Why? Because he first loved us. He first possessed us. How? In his love. And when he does, now I possess him. Oh my God. We have this loving relationship. How beautiful it is. It speaks of instrumentality, it speaks of addition. Listen, and this is what it means. It is the composition of his love. And the composition of his love is completeness. Listen to that. We are complete in Christ. Everything about us has been completed. Every thought, word, deed has been completed. Every detail. God hasn't left out a single thing. That's why he said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Their thoughts of peace are not evil to give you, to, to, to for you to realize experientially my settled plans for you. Do you ever have your own plans? How long did they last? I've had a few hundred and maybe even more. <laughs> His plans don't fail because they're based on who he is. Love never fails in 1 Corinthians thirteen eight. It just doesn't. So the composition of his love is completeness. The next part of the word is echo. Here's that English word. <laughs> Thank God it's not that. E-C-H-O. And this is a primary verb. What is a verb always speak of? Action. The action of his love. Echo. Here it is. It means to hold, to hold. That is John 10, 28 and 29. He holds us in his hand and no one can pluck us out. No one can tear us out of his hand. You can't do it. (laughs) You didn't merit being in him. And his love that won you, nothing can change it. Nothing, oh boy, I'll tell you, it is awesome. A means to hold. Listen to what it speaks of. It speaks of possession. Remember, we said possession. His, we don't possess ourselves in the self life. He possesses us. And when he does in his love, then, then I ha- I possess his love for me and I love him right back. And boy, when we have that, there's no air or no interference in between. And that's why he has to chasten us to get out that interference. Possession. It means ability. Whose ability? Wrote it down. Our, his ability is our reliability. Because we have none outside of him. Ability. And here's a word I had to look up. Contig- contiguity. That's what it is. Contiguity. It's what it speaks of, that word echo. What does that word mean? Listen to what it means, closeness, confinement, nearness. We're we're to be close to Christ, close to his love. We're to be confined by it. We're to be near him to have it to be so. And if there's any distance, that's where the loving chastisement, when we refuse grace, the loving chastisement comes in. And this even goes into a series of things that were kept and confined to and in his love. And that is Romans 8, 31 to 39. You look at all those things that love can't touch. Furthermore, the wicked one in 1 John 5, 18, touches us not. It can't touch us. Where we are, Never mind, Elliot Ness, we're the untouchables. We are the untouchables. That's who we are. A series of things. And listen, that word, echo, stresses that one, that one, and God said, write it down. Okay. That one that is held together by his love literally by himself, we're held together, has the means to accomplish a task, a working of his love, holding me together and preparing me for whatever comes down the pipe. Whatever happens in this world system, we are so prepared and we're not aside from his love. We're so prepared. So finally, Seneco, as a verb, means to hold together, confine, secure, to hold immovable. Tell me one thing that can move God. Not a single thing. And God is love, and his love possesses us. Then can we be moved truthfully and in all reality? And we can't. In Jesus' name, amen. And I laugh because I'll tell you I, I love this I'm receiving it and I know I've got so much more to look forward to that's my laugh now <laughs> so yeah, you know Sunako, that, I studied that word when I was the, I can't remember the first wedding or the second wedding I did uh, you know the older the old vowels right yeah they're real old yeah Keep yeah. keep them in the yeah. closet. <laughs> when he used to say to have and to hold. Yeah. Oh wow. Interesting. To death does. Death does his part. I like that. Isn't that good? That's very good. That's very good. Only you know the way that they know, known, it's like your responsibility to do yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not his. So let me take a vow. I vow to to always love you. And I, oh boy, no. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Be, be, Being constrained by his love. Different picture. Different picture. Different picture. Oh man, I'll tell you. How are we doing this morning, right? Oh my God, I'm telling you. I just feel like this ocean of love and the word just, (laughs) how should we know ourselves? Okay. I'll t- oh, oh. Submission, obedience. Oh. Oh, oh, Right, what's an alternative? Well, the alternative is self under the prince and power of the air. Have fun with that one. Yeah, I'm so sick of hearing. My God, all I do is come and hear that. Yeah. Since we've been here obedience, dependence, humility. God, you always alarm me about something. I am. Let me get rid of all the get rid of all the phony roll stuff. Let me just get rid of it right now. That happens to me every single morning up here. That's how my day starts. Okay? Every single morning. So what's coming out of here? Oh he's he's preaching, he's preaching to me or against me, really. <laughs> no.